Another Wednesday night in the books, and you are here with us live on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube and Twitch channel. I'm Justin Labar. He is Alfred Kunawa, AEW Dynamite, coming from Norfolk, Virginia. We're going to talk about it all. We can't wait to talk about it. Engage with you in the comments. Uh, talk some news of the uh, day from the Wrestling Inc. headlines. But first is first. Let's just, just normal pleasantries. Alfred, how are you? I'm doing very well, Justin. Good to see you after a week. Um, how's everything with you? How's everything in Pittsburgh? I hear it's about to snow over there. Yeah, it's get today was a today we got a, a unusually warmer day. It was like approaching seventy, but yeah, man, it's <laughs> the the leaves are everywhere. The wind's blowing. Snow's coming. It's uh, it's it's what you get when you live in Western Pennsylvania. Does that make you feel better? Does it make you feel more festive when you see? Because I'm not used to. I've been in California my whole life, so I'm not really used to seeing snow, but. You know, the thought of snow to me gets me excited, but it's very novel to me. So is it something where you're sick of it? I like the cool. I like fall weather. I like the fall season. I like I got a fireplace. I love burning fires when it gets cooler. Fall time, football, big vats of chili. I'm down for all that. But then when you got to start dealing with leaves, you got to clean up and rake because they're wet and they're everywhere. Then you got to shovel snow just to get out, you know, and then go somewhere. Uh, That's. Yeah, snow's pretty. If you don't have to, if you if you don't have to go anywhere, right. if you can hunker down and you got all the supplies you need, all the food, all the drink, all the firewood and everything, snow is beautiful. But after that, when you got when you got when you got shit to do, no fun. Good visual, kind of like pancakes. Like they look good, and as much as I do like pancakes, after a couple of bites, you're just like, man, I might have uh, bitten off more than I could chew. I don't know if I could finish this whole stack. And uh, snow is like the visual version of that. I, I never uh, I never would have thought the pancakes were going to come into the uh, comparison here, but <laughs> fair so. enough. Uh, Troy, I uh, love you, Justin. Been watching you since the chair shot reality, buddy. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're a you're a way back fan. Appreciate it. Uh, Two dollar paid. One. Day one. Two dollar Mike D. Doink the clown. Matt Bourne, 2022 Hall of Fame. So Mike D. Making a suggestion. Um, yeah, I mean Matt. You know, it's it's kind of a shame. Matt Bourne. You know, the the original performer of the Doink the Clown. And then, you know, WWE has a few other, you know, Ray Apollo, a couple others that had it for some kind of stint. And then now, Doink the Clown was like, Doink the Clown was uh, Sin Cara before Sin Cara. Like, you know, now you just throw anybody under it and you just monetize off of it. Now, every every podunk town and and, and in the backwoods that's had an indie wrestling show has had a Doink the Clown uh, wrestle on their card, rightly or wrongly. But uh, he's in some ways the opposite of Sin Cara in that the original Matt Bourne version was the best version, whereas, you know, the original Sin Cara was very questionable in terms of, you know, spots and stuff like that. But Matt Bourne, very, very clever wrestling mind. I really like how he played Dwight the Clown as like a sick clown, kind of more of a dark version, but then it got bastardized over the years. The next time I get to see Jerry McDivitt, famed WWE lawyer, I'm going to ask him how many, if he could ballpark me, how many cease and desist he sent to uh, would-be Dwight the Clowns. He's just got to He's got to copy and paste somewhere. We just got to control V and just send it. Oh, there's a doink file for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's the doink file for sure in the in the filing cabinets. Oh man, uh, tonight's podcast, of course, sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, uh, the uh, best below the waist grooming uh, guys uh, and, and 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 performance tools you can find. We'll tell you all about them in just a little bit. But uh, first, let's actually jump into a few news headlines. Uh, we do have a couple. We'll do real quick on the WWE side of things. Uh, before we get into AEW, uh, tribute to the troops, uh, long-standing thing. WWE's been doing now for 20 years, and uh, they did this. Uh, they, they taped it, and then it aired this past Sunday after football. And Alfred, that seemed to do them well on Fox because the tribute to the troops uh, reportedly drew about t- uh, over two million, uh, 2.030 uh, million to be more precise. And uh, that's you know, 1849 demo, uh, 0.51. Um, so that represents uh, that 663,000 people in that 1849 demo were who watched uh, this show as a whole. So overall, for you know a one-off that that is the tribute to the troops, that's that's good news. And and look, take advantage of your of your Fox uh, of your Fox distribution. Put it on Sunday when everybody's got Fox. Just whether you're at a bar or whether you're at home, everybody's got Fox on watching football. I'll say, I mean, this is, I was shocked by this number, pleasantly surprised in terms of what they did. This is on par with their hottest show or the best, you know, biggest show in terms of what they do weekly in SmackDown. It's just, just under SmackDown, which is 2.1 million. So yeah, that lead in from the NFL. This is what I thought. I was maybe on the wrong side of the fence of one of those people who thought that WWE was going to go through a boom period because they're going to be on network TV. And one of the reasons I thought so was that we were going to get all of these 
um, shows where maybe they would do collaborations with the Fox lead-in. I remember it was last year where, either last year or the year before, where they had a lead-in from Fox for a Christmas episode of SmackDown, and it did one of the best numbers they've ever done. So, I mean, whenever WWE can do something like this and work with Fox in terms of, you know, getting that lead-in from the NFL audience, I really do think that it's definitely going to assist WWE, and they need to be pushing to do this more if they can. Absolutely, because, I mean, obviously you're smarter fans. Uh, they know this tribute to the troops while – a great sentiment behind it and great uh, great origin they know nothing of note is going to take place and as it pertains to the characters or character developments or title changes or what have you it's 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 all you know just a glorified but patriotic house show so yeah so this definitely tells you that this putting it where it, putting it where you did on fox definitely grabbed just again intentionally or unintentionally people that just still had the channel on or oh i'll check out wrestling because my, my football game's done or or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I, I would honestly, if I'm WWE, maybe toy with uh, maybe manufacturing a few more one-off specials Definitely. that you can, that you can get, fo- that you can uh, c- convince Fox to let happen uh, following key uh, sports programming. It could be like a quarterly thing, just like AEW is doing the battle of the belts, or they're going to do some TV TNT specials every quarter. Uh, I really do think that WWE should have something, whether it's quarterly, whenever they can, they need to be sitting down with Fox executives. Like, all right, when do we have openings to come on TV after football is on so that we can really maximize that audience? Yeah, I don't know who off the top of my head, which of the three majors, uh, Fox, CBS, or um, NBC for football that have uh, the Super Bowl this year. But if next time Fox is Super Bowl, if WWE is still on Fox, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm Vince or, or, or Nick Khan or whomever, I would be, you know, making my best pitch of how can I get, how can I be the follow-up program behind Super Bowl. I mean, in the past, it's been, oh, see the debut of The Masked Singer or see the debut of some big series. And I get it, but also if you're Fox, if you got this giant investment that you do in WWE, it's not like it's not like you just want to throw them aside. So I would definitely be making a plan for the next time Fox has a Super Bowl, try to, try to somehow be a part of Super Bowl Sunday uh, before, during, or after. And to that point, NBC is actually going to host the Super Bowl this year. And you talk about giant investments in WWE. Like, I mean, they did a whole partnership with WWE during, I believe it was a Belmont Stakes, which was a big horse yeah. race on NBC. So NBC, I mean, WWE should be coming to NBC like, hey, man, like, can we get uh, some ad time or something? Uh, throw us a bone for all this product that you bought from us. A one night only return of Sunday Night Heat. Let's get it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, tribute to the troops. Uh, it did strong. Uh, we, we can't say the same for nxt nxt 2.0 uh this past tuesday drew 574,000, according uh to nielsen via showbuzz daily that is once again down four percent from last week where it was 603 which was down to the week prior to that which was down you know it's basically been down since halloween havoc uh the nxt episode did a 0.11 rating in the 18 to 49 demo that's down 26 percent from the previous week so uh, this is pretty much, I'm, I'm just repeating exactly what, what we talked about at this time, exactly seven days ago, Alfred, which is NXT is just continuing to slide uh, since its last premium show in Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and this episode deserved it. If you saw the podcast last night, it was very tough for us to get through it because it wasn't the best episode of NXT. And I really was fearful of the fact that they promoted that poker showdown. And not only them promoting that there's going to be a poker showdown on a wrestling show, but if you saw it play out, I mean, I thought from a production standpoint, it was done very well in terms of it looked like an actual poker match. They had all the graphics, but my guy, it's a wrestling show. Like, uh, I'm just watching this and they're explaining the rules of poker. And it's taking forever. And I'm thinking to myself, man, people aren't going to stick around for this. And, you know, I don't want to have like a confirmation bias and say that's the reason. But I'm sure it's one of the reasons why uh, this show didn't really garner a lot of attention. That was one of the big promoted uh, items on this show. And I just don't think it had enough. And it's just going to take a lot of promotion. And, you know, again, like we keep banging the drum on this thing, the same thing. But some some top main roster stars need to come to NXT. Not necessarily top stars, but main roster guys who people are familiar with need to come to NXT. And it would not hurt SmackDown to promote it a little bit when Von Wagner's on television to say his name and say that there's a show <laughs> called NXT in front of the two million people who watch your show. Forgive me if you already gave your opinion on this, but I know we have different audiences that watch this show compared to the post-NXT. Uh, thoughts of possible success, if the rumors are true, if NXT would move to a TV-14 rating? I don't think 
um, it would be successful on the merits of moving to TV 14. I think it'd be one of those things where on the first episode, it would garner some interest. People would tune in to see what it's like, what the big fuss is about. But if they don't have the storylines in place, then it's going to go right back to what we're doing now. I, I don't think TV 14 is going to be the difference. Um, I think the storytelling and the way that they do TV 14, I think it would be great for NXT to be TV 14 because it would expand creatively, creatively what they can do. But just TV 14 is not going to change anything. Yeah, I think I think there would be that surge of like, oh my god, we're gonna see like an Attitude Era show on the first night. But but you're right. I mean, if you kind of think back to like oh six, oh seven, oh eight ish when they had the WWE CW those on Tuesdays, that was push the boundaries beyond TV fourteen. You know, I mean, Kelly Kelly's out there, but getting ready to do a strip tease and some yeah. other things, and like and like they thought that that could be it. But there was kind of like you know what you just said. There there wasn't a lot of star power. There wasn't you know it was in a different. It was on Tuesdays isolated. So. Uh, you know, I, I think you're right. It gets great creatively, but you got to have the right people to insert creatively for it to uh, matter. So, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye keep an eye out to see what that does. And 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 if that, what's interesting too is if that happens, if it, if they do ever move to TV 14 and and they do see a c- consistent bump up because they just are getting more creative or or serving more to an older audience, uh, if numbers would provide data and say all right do we want to move one of our raw or smackdown shows to again back to being a little bit more uh edgier if, if we are getting into this this demo war so to speak so yeah that's uh, the ironic thing about wrestling um i could see them doing tv 14 because they're trying to get a younger audience but young people watch wrestling when it's like not meant for them you know when it's this yeah. forbidden thing uh that's for adults then the young people are going to go but when they're quote-unquote pandering to children it's not going to be as successful with kids for sure. I will right, we'll transition over to the uh, AEW news headline. That's going to take us right into the uh, rundown of Dynamite tonight. Uh, this is also, again, you can read more about this on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega expected to undergo surgery soon. Uh, this coming from PW Insider. It's expected he's going to be out of action for an extended period of time, and that is going to be shoulder surgery. Now, this is also kind of lining up with uh, reports that have been out there, Alfred, that uh, Omega has been working for a long time, banged up with all kinds of nicks and scrapes and bruises, but he's just obviously been the focal point of AEW being their champion that he understood. You just got, we got to keep playing ball here, but now having dropped the title, perfect time for him to get to uh, get some well-deserved rest. And then what we saw tonight, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment, certainly lines up that Kenny Omega is going to disappear for a while. And then they'll let the storyline of that take its, take its own course. Yeah, and I agree. It's well-deserved. I mean, he's been wrestling his ass off for this whole title run, not only in AEW and AAA and Impact Wrestling, having a lot of really high what you call work rate matches, I guess, but really working his ass off. And it's funny because it's probably longer than it should have been. I guess he was probably looking at uh, the September show when they did Grand Slam. That's where he's going to take time off, uh, drop the title to Hangman Adam Page. That was the original plan. And then Hangman had real life step in. So Kenny Omega with those bum shoulders had to keep going an extra couple of months. And God bless him um, because now he does earn this uh, break. And, uh, you know, I do expect them to be gone. And they did a little storytelling that we're going to get into. Uh, But I'm very much looking forward to how they play it when he comes back. Yeah, Kenny Omega, uh, I'm sure happy for his real-life friend, Hangman Page, uh, having a child. But <laughs> that yeah. child cost Omega about six more weeks of bumping <laughs> while injured. So uh, that that is the, the that is the business you're in. All right, let's go into it. AEW Dynamite coming from Norfolk, Virginia. A big play up here that, of course, Virginia, the Southern, Southern Virginia, to be more specific, is the uh, stomping grounds of the new AEW heavyweight champion, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, so before we get to him coming out, though, we do see Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega uh, backstage, and, and and you know, and the Bucks are coordinating Cutler and those guys to, to to record this. And Omega talks about how you know, yeah, we we lost, we had a bad night. You know, okay, Hangman, uh, you know, good for you, uh, Young Bucks. You're gonna need to hold down the fort. He says, hold on the fort. Adam Cole speaks up first. <clears throat> Omega corrects him and goes, no, I was talking to the Bucks. So they tease a little tension there with Adam Cole and Omega already just to cliffhang you. And then Kenny Omega walks off, presumably for the last time, for quite some time, on AEW live television. So again, just follow up to what we just talked about on uh, setting the stage for Omega's going to be gone. And obviously, we've—it's been teased, Alfred. It seems like when he comes back, uh, wh- whether Adam Cole is still associated with the Bucks or if that's going to be the the end point once Omega is back. But as we've talked about, uh, Adam Cole certainly being set up for life after his elite buddies. Yeah, and uh, it, it could be as soon as whenever Kenny Omega comes back. 
Adam Cole will already have that stable. I don't know how confident they are that they can get a Kyle O'Reilly, but maybe they're planning loosely and long-term that uh, it's Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks need a tag team partner, and here comes Kenny Omega. And that would also kind of coincide with how they acted for the Hangman Adam Page match, where they were very approving of him. They officially cornered him for this match and um, gave him a nod of approval. So that might be the impetus for the elite getting back together with Hangman Adam Page uh, if this Adam Cole thing ends up kind of dividing the Young Bucks with Adam Cole and his crew. And it, it makes sense. It's I think it's pretty good storytelling if they're able to uh, line up and the stars align for them and they're able to get all the pieces in place. I, I am very intrigued by this. I agree. I agree. All right. So then we go to the ring. We have the Dark Order in the ring and they introduce the new heavyweight champion, Hangman Adam Page, who comes out to a great uh, ovation and uh, Paige out there, you know, real quick takes a victory lap verbally, talks about his, how his boss is all the fans and he can do whatever he wants because now he's AEW world champ. Uh, he knows it, c- it comes with responsibility and he knows that he's got challengers awaiting. And here comes the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And uh, this this takes a turn for the interesting oh, yeah. real quick. <clears throat> so it starts out, um, you know, looking like a very babyface, babyface situation of Brian coming out, uh, congratulating Paige, even you know, offering a handshake, and they do shake hands. Uh, but then quickly, we find this is not going to be babyface versus babyface, or at least not in Virginia, where it's Paige's home home state. Uh, Brian proceeds to start to talk about how you know, well, uh, you know, good for you, you're champion, but I kind of expected Omega to be champion. I thought that's who I'd be challenging. Uh, Paige kind of fires back. Well, no, I, I beat Omega. And actually, I did it in less than 30 minutes, taking a shot at, at, at Brian. Uh, and then they start to amp up. Uh, Brian says, well, I guess cowboy shit must mean you just don't wrestle every because I'm out here wrestling every single week. Uh, you know, Brian even does a WrestleMania name drop. He says, I was wrestling at WrestleMania. I won the world title. And then I wrestled I wrestled two matches that night. And then I wrestled again the next night. Uh, drop WrestleMania. And that, Alfred, was the catalyst for the for the for the decibel level just to go up a booze <laughs> of how dare you name drop the other company's mega show uh in wrestlemania which i thought was i mean that was pretty yeah you know pretty unprecedented uh, for them to do uh, a shoving match starts to take place brian says i don't want to hear any excuses we're not fighting tonight because obviously you're not ready you're dressed ridiculously shoving match uh guys the dark order kind of separating them uh eventually Paige getting uh, getting his hands on brian briefly so Color me surprised that <laughs> I did not see uh, a heel Brian Danielson this quickly in AEW, much less for the first time, uh, or you know, no, much less for him challenging uh, this babyface and Hangman Adam Page. Well, I'm happy it's happening, and it's funny because Brian Danielson comes out there. We're getting this babyface, babyface feud. First thing he says is, "I'd like to congratulate you," and I just rolled my eyes like, "Oh God, we're gonna get one yeah. of these things," and then he just completely <laughs> turned it up. Which I completely love. And I think people are judging AEW by WWE standards. Uh, AEW has said for a while now that they don't really adhere to the babyface heel thing. What they mean by that isn't that like babyface and heels don't exist, but I don't think they adhere to static babyfaces and heels. People are layered and they're nuanced. So sometimes you just got to be a different person for a given feud. And Brian Danielson is going on the road here. He's on the road in Virginia against the top babyface in the company now. He has to play his part. So, yes, I do think he's a heel. But I think he's a heel for this feud, and he could go right back to being a babyface as soon as he loses to Hangman Adam Page, just like we saw Eddie Kingston do on this show, which Eddie Kingston was being positioned as the heel against CM Punk, the way he wrestled, the points he made and stuff like that. He was definitely, even though they love him, he was being positioned as a heel, but now he's going to go back to being a good guy against Daniel Garcia because that's really what it calls for. So I actually like that. I, I, I think it is kind of too old school to have somebody, he's a good guy, so he only has to face these good guys, and he has to be the same character against these good guys. But AEW philosophically is saying, no, 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 no. He has to be a bad guy for this feud. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to turn into a good guy within a couple of months. Yeah. And look, let's, you know, obviously it was, it, it's, as you said, it's a great situation of, okay, if we are going to try to get a, a, a bad guy in this feud, let's do it in the champion's home state. But look, that was tonight. But they're in Chicago next week. Um, you know, that that's a hot crowd that loves uh, Brian Danielson, you know, lo- you know, and so it, it could be a situation of where, and they have to be prepared for this. And luckily it seems Tony Khan gives the creative range that they can, you know, kind of call it on the fly, so to speak. They might get to Chicago next week and Chicago is not where hangman page is from. And Chicago might not be, you know, they're, they're supporting page, but they might not, they might not be as ready to boo Brian Danielson even still. 
And so I think that, that they have to be prepared that it might be a bit of a Bret Hart 97 situation. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you're in Canada, Brett's the face. If you're in America, he's a, you know, it might be, you know, it might be town to town that, that Brian Anderson might just say what he's going to say. And some people might get behind it. Like, yeah, this guy needs to be world champion, you know, or, it, you know, it might, this heel reaction tonight in Norfolk might convince Chicago and the future cities. Okay. We're going to play along and we're going to boo. But I think we have to be a very prepared. The next week might not be as clear cut black and white as it was tonight. And that's okay with me. I think to your point, uh, it, it, you know, it's okay to just live in the, in a real world situation of, Hey, some weeks, some people make some good decisions. Some weeks, some people make some bad decisions. And, you know, we're just going to ride with it. And, and, and you react how you react. Yeah. It also mirrors real sports in that when you're in your home building, people love you. But then, you know, you go out to Chicago, you go to the road. And then when you score a touchdown, you're doing that to the crowd. You're, you're playing mm-hmm. up the heel character. Uh, so it seems like you're a jerk to that stadium. But when you get back home, the people love you. So it's very much mimicking a real sport and that you're not going to be beloved every year, everywhere. You know, Conor McGregor is a cult hero in ireland when they do fights there but then he'll go other places and sometimes the reception isn't as warm sure and obviously you know aw wants to obviously probably to keep brian uh, you know at, you know they want to keep him to be the heel i mean he's going you know, they targeted chicago and and Cole cabana next week so they're going to try to do the same formula again but they have to be aware you know brian dennison's a guy that was able to with his fandom he was able to hijack essentially the booking of a wrestlemania um uh, plan so anything anything's possible uh cory pride two dollars Good use of WWE heat. Heel Danison. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, even the no chance as he was stomping Evil Uno in the match, which we'll get ready to get into uh, all around. Just really exciting stuff. This was uh, certainly one of the highlights of the night. And Brian Danison, for as wholesome and as good of a guy he is in terms of the culture that is pro wrestling. He's not a, he's not easy. He's a straight edge kind of guy, family guy, great big million dollar smile. Man, he can be a prick heel. And he knows the words and the buttons to push. So and he loves doing it. You could tell he was having such a good time doing. I mean, this is what I noticed when he was doing the Planet's Champion. This guy loves, and he's a great performer, which you know. And so he loves playing the heel, and he loves getting that heel reaction. He did a great job of this. Yeah. So we go to break. We come back for the advertised match, which is him versus Evil Uno. So Evil Uno getting a nice singles match here on Dynamite. Uh, obviously, this is all about you know Brian Dennison just you know. Just you know, dealing with one of the uh, you know flackies of uh, of Page, ends up beating uh, Evil Uno with the triangle sleeper, and then post match, you know he's just you know talks to Shivani and says, look, until until he fights Page, he's gonna take the head off of every single Dark Order member. You know he's 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 gonna be enraged. And up next, Colt Cabana in Chicago. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, yeah that, that's exciting. I mean, they, they, these two guys they got history. They've they've been uh, they've been in the ring together before. Uh, uh, you know prior to to Brian's WWE time. So, again, certainly trying to find that same formula, but we'll see how people react there. Let me get the first... Can I ask you a quick question? Um, Just based on the reaction you got from the WrestleMania reference, there's clearly, you know, all kinds of heat for anything WWE. And coming in, there were those rumors that Brian Danielson and CM Punk could do an outsider's thing where they're like the WWE guys. Do you think something like that would work? And I mean, I'm more convinced now that a stable like that would work, where you don't necessarily outright say we're the WWE guys, but a stable of people from WWE who are anti-AEW. Do you think that would um, play in today's AEW over long haul? I think it could, because especially right now still, because so much of the... You know, it, it, it is very tribal. There is so much of the, die, the the most diehard of AEW fans are so diehard because it is such a breath of fresh air in their opinions to what they've been given via WWE and how WWE has operated and treated talent. So I think that it would work. I think it would be believable. I think people would sink their teeth into it. It's just who. I don't think Punk and – like, it's the same formula as what worked with the Outsiders and NWO. It's like, you know, Punk and, even to a lesser extent, Brian don't work because, well, we know Punk was insanely disgruntled there. Brian, while he got his flowers in different ways and has family ties still there, certainly didn't jive with, you know, some of the way things were. So, like, you need to find guys who, like, you need to find guys almost who were, who, who were in WWE who almost are, are, you know, you can really try to frame that they are there yeah. doing doing old man Vince's dirty work. You know, that's how it felt with Hall and Nash show up. You know, the, and again, the lack of internet helped you didn't know all what we know now about their contracts and what they were getting, but like, you know, it felt like, Oh my God, these are the guys showing up to, 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 to push WCW around. I, so I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to find WWE credible people, former WWE credible people that did not have 
uh, well-known and publicized uh, unhappy final days. Right. You know, and I don't know how that happens because if you're not, you know, if, <laughs> I, I don't know who's I don't know who's getting who's getting the budget cut cut. And then they're like, oh, I still <laughs> love them. You know, like, you see, somebody who's savvy enough will start going into business and being maybe. like, you know what? I get it, WWE. And then, you know, when they show up in AEW, people will think that they're in the tank. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I, I think fans would buy into it if it was the right, you know, right. Right that's a good point. You know, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Punk definitely not going to buy into that. I mean, obviously, everybody. I think, I think, I think, I think Punk kind of fuels intentionally or unintentionally. He kind of fuels the tribalness of people that are like, you know, FWWE because of of, right. of how his, his departure was. All right, we got the first of two MJF appearances. This one's a, a pre-tape one that he did after his match uh, last Saturday at Full Gear, and he's cut the promo just talking about people have no choice. You know, he got all the Mark chance. That this is awesome, all that stuff, and they have no choice but to admit how good he is. They kind of just, and he teases, you know, that he'll be in Norfolk uh, appearing later in the program. So he just kind of teases what will set up for another big uh, night, another big po- point of the night uh, in the ring with promos. Uh, MJF, though, I mean, firing in all cylinders, Alfred. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to. It's hard. It's hard to find a flaw with, with his performances. It is. If I was to grade this as a baseball stat line, I feel like he hit a home run and a triple tonight. You know, he had that great, I thought that was a great backstage promo where you could tell he was just doing it in one take right after the match, you know, just going through it. And I thought he was very fired up and made some great points about how he is a good wrestler. And even though you people hate me, you still have to chant for me when I'm wrestling. So he did a great job there. And I love what he did uh, later on in the night. And if I was to grade Manscaped on wrestlers, I would grade Manscaped as an MJF. That's right. Well-groomed, pristine, no room for error, always ready for the big dance, always ready for the big event, and nobody's better, and you know it. And that's what we're talking about with Manscaped. You know, it's holiday season. We're approaching Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. And when you're going around the table, who's thankful for what? I'm telling you, there's 4 million men in America, Alfred and I included, who could stand up and say, I am thankful for Manscaped. That's right. We're giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. They are the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming. They have the Performance Package 4.0, and we're hooking you up with that. That's right. Just for being wonderful, awesome, loyal listeners and viewers of this podcast and Manscaped being so supportive, we're giving you twenty. We're giving you free shipping, and you're saving 20% by going to manscaped.com using the code WINC20. Performance Package 4.0, it is the perfect package for your package. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop pre- uh, the crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and the travel bag shaving kit to hold all the goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. Gives you all kinds of advantages there. Performance Package 4.0 also includes a weed whacker. Uh, chop off the worst weeds and the nose hair. Nobody wants none of that, especially the lady you're you're going to dinner with, sitting at the dinner table with at Thanksgiving. Uh, that that hear and air, uh, that nose and air, uh, ear hair trimmer. There we go. 9,000 RPM, Alfred. 9,000 RPM motor powered, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Do you got all that? That is skin safe technology. Helps prevent the nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate spots. And we can't forget. The liquid formulations. That's right. It's like the pumpkin pie of this whole feast here. Uh, it's got the pro- Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner Spray. And brand new product, the two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner uh, body wash. So, I mean, it's got that signature scent. Help you unlock your confidence this year. And, hey, that's this is all great for you, ladies. This could be a great gift for you to get your certain man. It's kind of like the hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I want to make you be the best man you can be. So go ahead and gift it up. Use the code WINC20 and save 20%. Plus get free shipping at manscaped.com. They are great sponsors of this podcast. We appreciate it. Love it. Alfred and I can both attest to it. Manscaped, it is the way to go. They are the leaders. They are the MJFs of the the below-the-waist grooming. We love Manscaped around here. I had Manscaped, uh, some of these great products, sent to my uh, place of residence on August 14th. And I did a little bit of research. The numbers don't lie. Ever since August 14th, my hinge matches have gone up 13%. And I blame oh. Manscaped, okay? Not that I'm showing pictures or anything. They just smell. It just comes through the phone. It's so powerful of a scent that it exudes through the pores of my phone. 
And uh, the women just cannot deny it. So thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> they just continue to do it all. I love, I love that the Forbes.com writer is spitting stats on his his dating life now. I love yeah, it. the numbers guy. We're going to have to do an article about it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Doom Tribe T. Manscaped Jacob Freedom. There we go. Freedom. That's great. All right, so MJF, so stay tuned. we got more MJF coming up here. Eddie, Eddie Kingston also backstage. He's trying to do a promo with uh, Tony Schiavone. He's interrupted by Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Uh, Kingston's got no respect for Daniel Garcia, who lets 2.0 refer to them, refer to him as their son. So he's got no. So uh, uh, I guess a little tease there of what's to come maybe next for Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, I mean, uh, where are you at with him after uh, the biggest match of his career on pay-per-view with CM Punk? Very surprising. This is, again, probably my WWE brain looking at this. I thought they were going to run it right back and they were going to continue feuding because they did the angle where he didn't want to shake CM Punk's hand. And I did think that it was going to lead to a double turn. But uh, from what we saw, I guess that's not what's going to happen. Eddie Kingston is going back to being a babyface. I hope, you know, I'm sure he's going to beat uh, Daniel Garcia. That's good. But I do hope they have something uh, big in store for Eddie Kingston because I feel like he has a lot of momentum right now and I think he's better than just being okay he's a guy who could face CM Punk and then CM Punk moves on and then he moves back down the card I really do think Eddie Kingston did a lot of good with this feud with CM Punk yeah I I, I agree with you obviously as we saw um that's not where that's not what's next for CM Punk it was not seem but you know I I do think maybe like as I talked about last week I was super over on Eddie Kingston last week as I talked about with the momentum going into this match with Punk uh with sound bites and, and and the build and then the column that he he penned for the players tribune and then then they're going to be in chicago next week obviously that sets up great for who punk's new foe seems to be as we'll get to but i still wondered as you said because there's no handshake can you do one more follow-up you know can what maybe okay so so kingston goes the limit doesn't win against punk uh but punk's willing to shake his hand kingston says no do one more follow-up rematch on free TV in Chicago. No. Again, maybe Kingston doesn't win that one either because they, they seem to be obviously wanted to protect Punk's, uh, you know, protect him until it's time to lose. But that's where there's a handshake, and that's where Punk can, can formally anoint and say, yeah, this guy shook my hand. We're, we're good. We're cool, whatever. And that, 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 that Chicago crowd can pop even bigger, and I think that would help the momentum of Kingston. That doesn't seem to be where we're going, but that was in my mind after seeing what happened Saturday and looking at the touring schedule, where are they going to be? And AEW plays off of their towns very big. I mean, they where WWE ignores the towns or, or embarrasses the, the local person. AEW leans into it, as we talked about with Paige tonight. I thought, hey, this would be a great way to follow up with Kingston. I'm not going to do it, but that's my armchair Monday morning quarterback book. Yeah, that'd be great. Tony Khan, you're free to take it and just <laughs> go ahead book that, Tony. Just send me, send me a check. All right, uh, Butcher and the Blade. First time we've seen them together on Dynamite for a while. Uh, up against Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro uh, Ishii, and uh, so this this match, uh, you know, a lot of action here. Uh, Brainbuster on the Blade uh, by Tomohiro. So uh, the, the the chaos uh, group getting uh, getting a win here, and then like I said, Butcher and Blade haven't seen them much on Dynamite. I think um, what is it? I guess the Butcher. You know, he's also in his. He's got his rock band too, so I think maybe that's been some some scheduling conflicts. But nonetheless, a yeah. uh, nice little, you know, nice little tag team match to, to slip in here in the first hour. Yeah, if I do have a nitpick for this match, I feel like they booked Tomohiro Ishii like he was like an introductory guy that we got to give him the rub from Orange Cassidy, and these people <laughs> clearly knew who Ishii was, so he didn't really get his own theme music. He did, he had to start the match instead of building to the hot tag with this badass. But, you know, I thought the crowd took to him. They chanted, you effed up when he started firing up. And uh, it was good to see him in AEW. I just thought that they kind of booked him like he wasn't the big star that I feel like these crowd uh, treated him like. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's hard to gauge. Like, you know, AEW will not hesitate to put out, you know, on the on the Forbidden Door theme, they will not hesitate to put out uh, stars who, who are stars uh, in, in the Japanese wrestling world. <clears throat> but then you're right. Then... Uh, then they will, in a situation like this, at least they will book them or at least insert them as if, okay, well, they're not the stars here. Uh, the audience may not know them. When to your point, the audience, this audience, at least in Norfolk, was aware of him. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of like make up your mind. Are we, are, are, are you, are you introducing them for the first time or are we going off the cloud that they already have? So, but nonetheless, uh, not much really to take away here. This is, I think, just again, establishing that sure. Orange Cassie's part of chaos. Uh, you know, rolling out the butcher and blades, you have an option, you have an opportunity to do here, but nothing much really more to, to speak of on this. Um, 
if, if you're to find if we're to find high points and low points, you know, it's one of the lower points. Danielson and his stuff is a high point. We got some more high points coming again with MJF soon. Uh, but that, that's kind of where that ranks if you're looking for what to fast forward through or what to watch on the show. Uh, we get an Andrade backstage promo. He and FTR, uh, they say they are better than Cody and Pac. Uh, and they will show uh, Andrade, especially, will show his bad side. They basically said, Look, we'll get Malachi Black and we'll do uh, an eight man tag here with all parties involved. And uh, also, Tully steps in and says, Arn, if you want to go, if you want to go, like, we'll, we'll go. So uh, I think that's actually happening next week. I think we're having. Uh, the eight-man tag that they they spoke about with Penta, Phoenix, uh, Cody, and Pack versus FTR, uh, Malachi Black, and Andrade El Idolo. Are you, is this doing anything for you? Uh, kind of. I mean, I still don't really get the alliance with Andrade El Idolo and FTR. I think that's way too convoluted how they got there. And um, I really don't, you know, I'm not getting into the storyline aspect of, of what they're doing right now. I'm more or less looking forward to the individual stories of whether it's Cody and Malachi Black and whatnot, but um, I'm sure they'll have a fine match, but from a storyline standpoint, not really. So is the pinnacle officially, officially done? Like you have, Spear, so. you have Spears, MJF and Wardlow hanging out together with Wardlow feeling like the third wheel, the way it looks. And then you have FTRs being paid by like, like, What's the deal? Like, I don't know. It feels... Yeah, like, that's what's convoluted about it is, from my standpoint, I think FTR is on loan, where they're still part of the pinnacle, but now they're going to work with Andrade because he paid MJF. And now, you know, it's one thing to have a lot of stables. Another thing that now you're getting into this really 40 chess about, well, now he's... It's like almost like they're doing a soccer league where somebody's getting <laughs> on loan and transfer. And, you know, Tony Khan is a soccer owner, so yeah. maybe that's just what that comes it's from. It's logical but, in his mind. <laughs> yeah. He thinks that, oh, no, this is fine. People do this all the time. But no, it's more of a, a European thing with how they do the soccer leagues. <laughs> that's a great, great. I didn't even think about that comparison. <laughs> that's that's actually spot on. All right, so we'll see this eight man tag uh, next week in Chicago. Uh, we get uh, Ty Conti speaking a few words in a pre tape promo. We get Britt backstage. Uh, she says she's exhausted of carrying this women's division, so she's going to put a little put a little time and effort into putting over the future and Jamie Hader. Uh, who's going to be the future TBS champ, of course, as a match this Friday against Thunder Rosa, who they don't even want to speak of her name. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that plays. Certainly, if you look at the uh, brackets, it definitely could run into if Jamie Hayter uh, advances to Thunder Rosa. We could certainly see her running into Jade Cargill here if Jade Cargill is, in fact, going to surpass Red Velvet. So a lot of things to watch in the brackets of how it shakes out. How's this women's tournament doing for you? Is this, I mean, this TBS championship, is this... Um, living up to expectations or does it feel second fiddle yeah it does feel second fiddle. i think it's fine it's not blowing me away or anything like that but i don't think it's this like grandiose thing i really do feel like this is going to be like an engine to whether it's jade cargill or ruby soho hopefully it's jade but i think that once the person's crowned they're going to do a lot more with that title uh, but the tournament itself I, I don't think has caused any waves and in terms of the talent that's involved in this tournament and i know that they're capable of it i just don't think that it's uh, really delivered on that level consistently so when we started this, when they started this tournament, I was convinced, I think you were kind of with me. I was convinced this is a tournament and a belt that is made for Jade Cargill. Yeah. But now the more that I look and I think, and I'm listening to interviews that Tony's doing, Tony Khan is super, super stoked that he's got Ruby Soho. Um, you maybe wouldn't know so if you saw that she comes in and then she quickly is losing, you know, and, but, but he's, he's excited to have her and it's just, it's just how it kind of fell out. I think he's going to book to have her be the inaugural champion for this. So yeah, her as a baby face with that title. Britt's got the other women's title. They can kind of do their own thing. Jade Cargo, we know is, is, is coming down the pike. We know that she is being positioned and just slowly groomed and, and, and what have you to have a big match. I think the slow groom is probably her and Britt. And it's probably for the AEW women's title that Britt has now. Uh, so that's probably something coming, maybe, you know, maybe double or nothing next year, what have you. But I think that I'm changing my prediction. I think Ruby Soho is going to walk away with this title. Jay Cargill is is, is going to be positioned to be the top baby face to attack with Britt uh, sometime in 22. Is that, but that's where I'm at. I mean, they've been going out of their way to have these exchanges on Twitter that are kind of like work shoot exchanges in terms of how they're going at each other with like real life criticisms. But I think yeah. they're doing a good job of it in terms of Britt Baker and Jade Cargill. So I could see a feud like that down on the line. But I do, I do like the promos Jade's been cutting. It just does seem like a belt tailor made for her, where she keeps saying that bitch show and 
just the type of heel she is, I just think it would fit in terms of being a champion. This is one of those instances where I do think a belt could make somebody uh, because Jade Cargill hasn't been in wrestling for very long, but they're doing a good job protecting her, uh, you know, in these short matches, making her look dominant. And I think as a champion, she could really pop off. Whereas I don't think Ruby Soho needs a belt. And it would be even more exciting for this babyface to chase somebody like Jade Cargill. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I I, I mean, I kind of, I, I agree with everything you said. I'm just... Again, I just I see Tony so stoked about Ruby Soho. I'm like, I could just see sure. this, and because we already have a heel women's champion right now. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, J- Jade wins that title, uh, that bitch show. You know, Shaq shows up and helps crown the go. title on her. And <laughs> there's a lot. I know we were talking about this too a couple weeks ago about how many belts there are on AEW TV. And I just noticed this on this show. Like, there are like three or four segments consecutively where somebody had a belt, and a couple of the belts weren't even like sanctioned no. AEW belts. Yeah, no. So it's starting to get a little, uh, you know, even as much as I do want a trios title, it, it is starting to get a little much in terms of all the belts on AEW TV. Yeah, I mean, we've had impact belts. We got FTR walking around with AAA belt. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, I mean, again, I, I get it. it. It gives that international flavor of like, again, the forbidden door, but I, uh, to your point, it, it, it I say this, and it's an old-fashioned saying that you know it's a, it's a, it used to be a WWE ism even, um, but I use it. It was just you need a scorecard if you're if, if you're keeping score at home, folks. You do need a scorecard and a column. Who's aligned with who? Who's paying who to be aligned with such? <laughs> who's a heel or face on this particular week or month? You know you do need, you know what did you miss on Rampage Dark? Or elevation, so that way you have your updated rankings and or BTE or BTE, <laughs> so you have your updated record and rankings. I mean, it's a lot. You really, you know, you you got to be a, a very focused and fantasy fantasy AEW owner if you're playing fantasy wrestling and you're and you're setting your lineup each week. You got to know your shit. So you're saying AEW is like fantasy baseball, where you got to check that team every day, sometimes twice a day, because they've got double headers. You gotta have your starters in. You need to know who's coming out. We need a we need a couple lefties out of the bullpen today. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's it's intense. It's intense. Uh sticking with the women's action, we get Nyla Rose versus Akara Shida. Uh this one again, fans getting into this. Uh just to give you a couple highlights here. Nyla's working Sheeta's knee. Uh, uh, uh Nyla does a diving senton off the apron. Sheeta moves. So Nyla goes into the steel chair, explodes the steel chair. Crazy visual here. Um, Sheeta hits uh, Vicky with a kendo stick. It's a huge pop. Vicky Guerrero, always good for uh, heat. Uh, and then, uh, you know, working on the knee, as I mentioned. So then taking advantage of that, Nyla wins with a standing stretch muffler on that bad knee. So Nyla advancing uh, in this tournament. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought this was actually very good. I, I'll be honest, when these two came out, again, I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know how interested I'm at, interested I'm in, in this, but this was this grabbed my attention and this one was one where they uh had to deal with commercial breaks i believe and picture in picture yeah. uh but they this held me i was really impressed by both these ladies this was my favorite match until the main event i thought these two did a great job in there i loved how she just sold her knee and very shocked at the finish of her tapping out like that so quickly but i thought this was a fantastic match and not the first time that she did in nyla rose i believe they had a pay-per-view match that i really absolutely loved uh so i mean they work very well together and i like this match a lot I agree. I want to bring up a, a comment that I see in the chat here. Um, Michael the virus says AEW is booked for hardcore fans, not casuals. I bring this up because uh, Michael, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, actually, I'm tend to lean more in agreeing with you that it is booked for again t- to what I just said. Casuals, by the definition, are people that can again stumble upon the show one week by accident or just by happen to see a promotion on fox or whatever it just reaches them and okay i'll just i'm looking for something to watch tonight right. um after the kids go to bed and if, if you're that aw is a harder watch in, in the sense of knowing who's with who and you got to have some backstory so i do agree aw probably is book more hardcore fans cm punk had some comments recently where he said there are no there is no more such thing as a casual wrestling fan everybody is hardcore you know we have the internet so everybody's invested whatever they watch they're invested in uh, which I can't also, it's hard to argue with that in some regards, even though it is still casuals that help you book 60,000 people for WrestleManias and what have you. But I can't help but wonder, Alfred, if CM Punk is right and what Michael Michael's saying here, if there are hardly any casuals anymore and everybody has to be a hardcore fan, that's not good for the business. No. Because, no. like, look at sports. People rag on, you know, if you're a diehard you know, if you're a diehard fan of a team, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Washington Capitals guy. 
I'm a diehard fan, and I go to a Capitals game, but I and I see some some Capitals fans or some some fans showing up wearing Capitals gear. But as listening to them, I could tell they don't follow the team real well. They don't even maybe know the rules of the sport. They're kind of they're bandwagon fans. The, the 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 natural thing that you want to do is you want to be like, oh, you want to scoff at them. Oh, these, these what are they doing here? G- give up your seats for somebody else. But it's like, no, if you want the well-being of the franchise, the franchise thrives on bandwagon fans. It's 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 the loyal, jaded fans like me that show up every year, whether we're going to win or lose. It's the bandwagon fans that push the bottom line and the profits up when you're playing good and you're attracted, you're attracted to go to. And that's kind of what I think of wrestling is. You can have hardcore fans when wrestling sucks or, or, or is successful. You need those casuals to jump on when there's a star that's captivating. So if Punk is right, that's a bad sign for wrestling if everybody is just is in it no matter what. Yeah, and you're seeing that with how it's affected the business of wrestling in that if they were to bring on casual fans and increase the audience, there would be this trickle-down effect and all kinds of promotions would be thriving, but that's not what's happening. ROH has been really hurt. The dirty little secret for AEW, which, you know, I'm for AEW. I love what they've done. They've done a great job, but they have kind of had a cannibalistic effect on the rest of the business in terms of essentially the same people are watching wrestling. So when they do get all these guys like an Adam Cole or all these people that ROH now can't have, it's going to be harder for an ROH to get hot. And they're going to kind of crater the way that they have. Hopefully they're back. But then you're seeing with MLW who's had to cut a couple of people recently. Uh, and the whole business itself is going to get a little smaller because they're going to absorb some of these wrestlers that only the hardcore fans are you know aware of as opposed to making a product that's for casual fans and making the whole business uh, you know, loaded with fans who are now going to support these other companies. So I, I do think there's a lot of ill effects with AEW being just directed to a hardcore following because then the audience starts to get cannibalized. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terrence uh, says $4.99. Thanks, Terrence. Uh, I like how AEW stories and feud don't always wrap up right away, like when MJF and Darby meet again, the stakes will be higher. Uh, yeah, I agree that, and that part of that is to the credit of AEW for, you know, they only, they, they have Rampage, but you know, they have one Dynamite a week, they have a pay per view every, you know, four or five months. So part of that is just they they have a really good pace, and, and Tony Khan's been very open about this. this. is one of the best things he has said. Learn from the mistakes of the past. Learn from the WCWs. Don't burn through your big matches. Don't burn through your rematches. Um, God, look, I mean, WWE will give you a, a pay-per-view match and they'll give you the rematch of that three weeks in a row on, on free TV after that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad. Uh, they're very aware. That's one of the best things they're aware of. And one of the best things they do, uh, to counterpoint WWE's operations. So I agree, uh, that, that, that's across the board, a great thing about AEW and their, uh, the way they schedule things. And also Peter Bahi, $5 when punk debuted. Rampage earned 1.3 ratings. Now they're at, I think it means 1.3 viewers. Uh, now they're at 500,000. Casuals still exist. Well, you no, know, I think that proves CM Punk's point in that, I mean, people wanted to see CM Punk's return to wrestling. That was a big moment for people who hadn't watched wrestling. There were people who came out like, wow, CM Punk's coming back. I'd like to see that. After they saw it, they didn't come back. And the, the audience went right back to the hardcores. And if you were to tell me really like five years ago, hey, CM Punk's going to come back. And but then you know in a couple of weeks we'll be wrestling for five hundred thousand people. I wouldn't believe you, but yeah. that's what that's where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of CM Punk, let's get into again one of uh, uh, you know again one of the other highlights of the night, uh, which is incredible when you hear and digest how little was said and done, which I guess speaks to the speaks to the position of both these characters and. Uh, what they represent. So MJF comes out. He's got a uh, he's got Sean Spears and Wardlow, of course, flanking him. Uh, tries to get Spears, you know, Spears tries to get the crowd to shut up and what have you. That's not going to work. MJF talking about how great he is. He's interrupted all of a sudden by the sound of CM Punk's music. He comes out and and you can feel it, Alfred, as you're watching. There is like everybody is standing. There's a feeling of this is one of the you know, when Punk when Punk comes back to wrestling and he comes back to everybody. This is one of the fantasy bookings. CM Punk, Mr. Pipe Bomb, Mr. Righteous, Mr. Stands Up for him and his fans and the business that he loves. And then you have this other guy who's the young guy who's 20 years his youth who, you know, flaps his gums and everything else and and, and what have you. You think, okay, this is a fantasy matchup I want to see happen. Now we think we're about to see it. So people are on the edge of their seat, me included. Punk steps in. Fans are going crazy. MJF's a little... 
you know, put off by it, but finally just accepts it, decides, okay, sticks out his hand and says, Max, trying to do an introduction of like, okay, old man, let's go ahead and do this. Punk doesn't even bother to shake his hand. Punk doesn't even bother to say a word, Alfred. He laughs in his face, turns his back to him, and leaves. Commentary sells it. Disrespect and, and, and stunning to MJF. Um, uh, a swerve. Not what I expected. I expected us to start the, the, the battle on the mic right there. And brilliantly, Punk has now just uh, made us all wait. And he has now elevated the anticipation of the war of words happening sometime at a later date. And, 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 and Max MJF being, you know, perturbed. I just got disrespected. I, I, what a great call. Whoever made this call, bravo to them. Yes, absolutely a great call. That's exactly how it should have happened because to your point, CM Punk and MJF in a ring talking is a segment that needs to be promoted and something that people will go out of their way to watch and to just kind of spring it on us. It would have been great if we saw that. I was getting really excited for the possibility of it. But from a business standpoint, this is something you want to milk. You want to say, hey, turn on your TVs next week in Chicago. We're going to have CM Punk and MJF go head to head. And I think the allure of this is there's a lot of elephants in the room that have not been brought up with CM Punk in AEW in terms of his opponents. There's a Colt Cabana elephant in the room. There's a UFC career that kind of didn't work out for CM Punk. Nobody's touched that. And I think MJF is going scorched earth. And he's going to bring up all these little real-life things about CM Punk being a quitter or whatever. And I think it's going to make for some great television. You hit the nail on the head. That's it. There's elephants in the room. There are There, there is just crazy uh crazy mic drops that 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 can be put on cm punk all in the name of just fueling conflict and who's the most appropriate person who who's that heel who's that yeah. young and it's mjf so you're right whether it's the colt cabanas whether it's the ufc's whether it's without saying names or maybe say i mean look mjf's the one that's out there talking about i got bruce pritchard's number he's yeah. the one out there talking about i'm going to the wb when my contract's up here MJF I is mean, a dog, man. He don't care. He'll say anything. So what he might say, referencing Vince, Triple H, you know, any 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 of the reported issues and and problems of the, of Punk's previous <laughs> employer, uh, it, it's going to come out, or it could come out here. So you're right. Um, you know, they're in Chicago next week. They promoted the ticket selling. They're in uh, Long Island, MJF's backyard in December. So they have some checkpoints of when they could do some very interesting exchanges so uh again this was a highlight of the night which is something to say when very little was said but this is a highlight of the night so yeah go watch again if you if you're checking this podcast out looking for tips go watch it because you'll feel that that energy and you'll feel that anticipation is going to grow uh darby's backstage darby allen he says he's not going to take off even though we lost mjf he's going to keep going uh, he wants the biggest and the baddest so enter billy gun billy gun uh, who is a big billy's Jack for his age and, and, and physical specimen. Billy Gunn and Darby are going to face off on Rampage this Friday. Uh, Billy Gunn, no joke. Billy Gunn's a legit 6'6". He is in the best shape of his life, which is saying something because he's like 50 years old. And Dar- he's going to dwarf Darby. Darby's going like to Andre the Giant standing yeah. next to Darby. <laughs> yeah. Dar- I mean, Darby's going to Darby's going to Darby. Darby's going to be crazy and good, and Billy's going to do the job and all that stuff. But it's just the visual of the two of them side by side for a moment is going to be a little bit crazy. Yeah, I, I did like one of his sons. I think it was Colton who said, uh, I like turtles. There's that viral video with that zombie kid in the face paint. That really popped me. I thought that was very funny for him to bring that up. Vince would have never got that. Yeah, no, that is very inside. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people watching may not have uh, understood that because it is from a while ago, but it was a very funny reference. Uh, Adam Cole backstage with the Bucks, and uh, he brings in Bobby Fish, and they're going to put an end to this Jurassic joke. And then Bobby Fish almost proceeds to do an undisputed sign off until the Bucks. Stop him. They can't yeah, legally do that. It, so man. they are teasing it. <laughs> tease, tease, tease. I love it. Bobby I'm Fish. Looking for something that might happen. Because, I mean, again, it kind of reminds me of the Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan and Miz angle where it's like, are they? can they even have a match? Uh, you know, Brian Danielson is hurt right now. But just in case, I, I, that's what it feels like they're doing here. Hey, in case we get Kyle O'Reilly, let's start telling these stories. Right. Yeah. Bobby Fish uh, trying to hook you, hook you there with all of it. All right, uh, this was fun. This might this is one of the best matches. Again, Leo Rush, Dante Martin. Obviously, they had a just a hell of a match last week. We talked about and praise that. They're back out again, up against the acclaimed. Max Caster doing his thing, uh, you know, dropping some 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 
<laughs> Leo Rush, you better off being a manager. Yeah. Uh, you know, so versus some, in Virginia. Yeah, you know, versus in Virginia. There's some fun stuff here. Good, good stuff. Uh, the acclaim versus uh, Leo Rush, Dante Martin. Um, I, again, I try to do play by play. I'm not even gonna try. Fantastic match again. Just. I, I'm so excited when I see Leo Rush now. I just, uh, you know, Leo wins with a frog splash, by the way. And then the after best the match, looking, a weekend full of frog splash. That was the best looking frog splash I saw. All yes. weekend. There was so much good stuff here. This is, I mean, I, I, I don't have the words. It, it is so exciting to see Leo Rush on TV. He, every time he's out there, he, the, the sequence that they opened up with, um, I'm trying to describe this. As he would hit the ropes, and then he would go to the next side of the ropes. It, it, it's just stuff you don't see anybody do. Yeah. And you look at it, and you go, well, what am I watching? And then you actually think about what he's doing, and you think about the timing aspect of it. it it's just it's, it's phenomenal stuff. Leo Rush, Dante Martin, they get the win, as they should. After the match, Team Taz comes out real quick. They're still trying to recruit Dante Martin. Um, Team Taz, I, they well, they've been floundering the whole time. I guess Brian Cage is officially gone. We, I don't know, from Team Taz. We haven't seen him in a long time. A lot of, lot of rumblings of what's going on there. Um, whatever, but I'm just happy if, if it keeps Dante Martin and Leo Rush on TV every week doing a match, I'm all for it. Yeah, and this is just back to back weeks of throwing them out there, having a match, and them tearing the house down, getting AEW chance. I mean, these guys were all phenomenal, and I just think Dante and Leo make such a great team. Uh, which is well, even the fact that they legitimately make such a great team is going to add to the storyline of when Darius comes back. There's going to be legitimate, like, I don't know, man, maybe Dante is better off with Leo. So they've already set the table for that. So that's going to be great storytelling. Uh, but I also love the fact that I think Anthony Bowens needs some credit in terms of he's on a heater right now. Just I mean, this is like the third week in a row, whether it was a Brian Danielson match, the Jungle Boy match, and now this. And, and Max Caster's doing his thing, and he's looked great and stuff. But I think Anthony Bowens is a guy who kind of gets slotted as Marty Jannetty and, you know, not as uh, high profile as Max Caster. But he's been having some bangers in there. And I think this yeah. guy is really – Needs to get his flowers in terms of how good he's been. But I just loved all four of these guys in there. This was a great match. Couple uh <laughs> couple comments coming through that I'll give a some love to. Edward Cousins is <laughs> Leo Rush is the yes. cheat code in 2K. <laughs> he really is. He's like he must have like Vega from Street Fighter, where there's all these players who can shoot fire and you could be cheap with them. But if you <laughs> know how to play Street Fighter, you pick Vega because he'll jump all around the place, he'll go on the cage, you you can't hit him. Yeah. Um I think of the, I think of a different I think of baseball I think of um one of the early play, one of the PlayStation two baseball games back in the early two thousands late late nineties early two thousands you have a cheat code where if you put it in your player was like if you hit the if you hit if he hit just a ground ball you get to first base safely every time you had the super speed and I'd always do it with Ichiro I could get like a double. I could like hit like a ground ball to like shallow left field, and I had to double every time with with Ichiro. Yeah. That's what I think about with Dante Martin. Um, cheat code, uh, King Mike three hundred seven. I would hate to play Leo and Dante in two on two basketball. Yeah, <laughs> you always be open. <laughs> Joseph, uh, correction, you're right. I thought Cage was kicked out of Team Taz a long time ago. You're right. Cage was. What I meant to say is, I don't even know if Cage is with AEW anymore. Cage seems to like have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some not so nice things to say. I mean, I know his, his yeah. wife came out and spoke. Out against yeah. AEW. And so, you know, tough time for Chico California's own Brian Cage is very talented. I hope he lands on his feet, whatever happens. Chico California. Hey, this is where you got to do your part. You got to take up and. Yeah, I got to be the liaison here. You got to carry the weight. Yeah, be the liaison. Call Tony up. Figure things out. <laughs> I'm Look, sure. You're, you're screaming to be an agent here. An agent for the <laughs> yeah. Chico California. We're going to have a stable. You know, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a heel now. We can do a heel stable. You know, I'm sure I'd be a heel to that audience. So maybe oh, Aaron. We'll <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers definitely a heel. Just some people right now. Oh yeah. All right. Main event time. TNT champion Sammy Guevara up against Jay Lethal. So if you've just woken up, Jay Lethal, who of course, uh, where's he at? Where's he at in his wrestling career? He's getting an opportunity with AEW here. Uh, we uh, anxiously await the graphic for is Jay Lethal all elite? Well, we don't know. But tonight he's in the main event of AEW up against the TNT champ. Uh, split crowd, very much 50-50 uh, on for both guys here. This is this is a baby versus baby situation. Um, just before commercial, Sammy goes for a big high flying move, misses it, uh, goes for broke ribs taped up, already injured. Uh, Doc's looking at his ribs or the story. Can he continue? Should he continue? He then again tries to go for a swanton off the top uh, through the timekeeper's table. Lethal move, so Sammy eats that. Just looks like Sammy just facing. All kinds of brutality. It looked like Jay Lethal's going to get this one, but finally Sammy does counter 
hits him with the GTH and gets the victory. Uh, Jericho and company of the Inner Circle come out, congratulate and celebrate with him. And ultimately, they do shake hands, uh, Sammy and Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal celebrates with the Inner Circle going off the air. So uh, Sammy retains the title. I don't really think there's a question here. Alfred, the big story is Jay Lethal. What does this mean for his career? He's a 20-year veteran. Um, you know, he's he's on TNA and Impact. He's on Ring of Honor. He's been on TV. He's never had. I mean, this is obviously the biggest audience though he's ever been in front of uh, yeah. on TV. Uh, big night for him. Yeah, it was an audience that was very familiar with him, and he was very over to the audience. I was very nervous in terms of when he debuted at the pay-per-view, and they said, okay, you get Sammy Guevara. You know, to your point, I think, you know, he hasn't had the title long enough to make you believe he was going to lose it to Jay Lethal. I think they did a good job within the confines of the match really playing up. Sammy Guevara being seen by Doc Samson, his ribs hurt. So you're thinking maybe in the back of your mind, well, maybe Jay Lethal takes advantage of this in a heel way and is able to wrestle the title away. But, yeah, you know, um, Sammy Guevara winning this um, – I love Jay Lethal, and I, I hope that he gets you know the opportunity in AEW and continues to to stay there. But uh, again, we're just gonna have to see if he's been signed there, what they have planned for him. Uh, I hope they don't just see him as like he's a good hand who he's gonna have good matches with the younger guys because you know he's very talented, very familiar with that audience. Uh, I do think that if they gave him a real shot and gave him something to do, uh, he could really really get over in a big way. Yeah, uh, a couple of people corrected me that they're saying that Lethal is signed. So if he is signed, all right, he is all leap. So we'll, we'll see. Uh... Yeah, well, like I said, to, to your point, what what is what is what is he going to be doing? What's his role? Um, so we'll see. But but nonetheless, you know, a, a loss here, but you know, wins and losses ultimately don't matter. It's how you look, and he looked strong as hell. He's in the main event of uh, of the primetime show, so uh, good stuff there. So that was Dynamite uh, Hojo to go. Belinsky five dollars. No news mentioned on Gresham's new promotion. Is it real or what? Oh yeah, um, Terminus. Yeah, yeah uh, Jonathan Gresham's uh, new. Yeah, he's got a new promotion. Um, I mean, it's always good to have places for people to work. I, I don't know what it's going to mean in the grand scheme of things. I don't have any other insight other than that. But more promotions, always yeah. better. I see a lot more of this from wrestlers in terms of they're just going to have to. If you look at the amount of free agents and the few promotions that are out there, wrestlers are just going to have to start starting their own promotions, um, You know, start partnering up, teaming up together, and be more entrepreneurial than ever because – uh, unfortunately, there just isn't the demand to meet the supply of wrestlers. And so they're just going to have to do it from the ground floor. And I'm all for this. I love this. Doing it in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, and the good news is in, in today's world, you know, as we are, you know, leaving 2021 and the world of streaming and how easy it is to stream these days, uh, that's the advantage. That was always the toughest thing about having a wrestling promotion is you need a distribution. You, know, you go back to the days of just, just television or what have you. It was, you know, getting on local TV, cable, whatever. So now that you can, you know, stream on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and and all these things, uh, you know, with with far less overhead and far less know how, that's the advantage. I mean, you can get people to see it easier. You can you know, stream to to you know to Twitter and everything else. So uh, I agree. That's that's probably what the future is. There's gonna be a whole lot. There's gonna be a whole lot more. What used to be what we call the territories that Vince obviously swallowed up. The territories are gonna turn into digital territories. It's going to be, oh, here's the group that streams exclusively uh, to YouTube every single week, and they get, you know, a half a million, and they're Gresham's group. Oh, here's the group that's really big that does the Facebook Live, and it's managed to get this. And, you know, I mean, kind of, and NWA kind of set the tone a little bit with this, with the resurgence of Billy Corgan's NWA. So that's, that's the new territory is not going to be, oh, you're the Florida TV. It's going to be, oh, you're the fill in the blank social platforms TV. Uh, so to speak. So that's that's where we're headed, and uh, it is what it is. But uh, I agree, Alfred. We got to. That's what that's what's going to have to happen because there is a huge surge. You know, 10, 12, 13 years ago, those who wanted to be pro wrestlers, who thought, okay, the money's declining or the popularity's declining, I'm going to go do this MMA thing. There's a lot of money in MMA. There's still money in MMA, but the, the but the the popularity boom that was MMA in like the 08 to like 12 range that's died down. Um, it, there's not as much that, you know, it's not as much excitement in UFC as there once was. Um, hell, a lot of the biggest UFC names have. So, you know, take that for what, or, you know, take that for what it is. So yeah, it, it is an ever changing world. So we'll, we'll see how it happens. But yeah, Jonathan Gresham 
starting his own uh, indie wrestling or own wrestling promotion. So that's good. The more this happens, the more you're going to get that cutting edge where people are going to take risks. They're going to be more creative, and that's going to probably inspire some of these bigger companies to be like, "Oh, I didn't know that could work. Maybe we could do something like that." Because I think the wrestling business does need more of an injective injection of how things are done in wrestling, and I think uh, all these different promotions hopefully are going to start springing up and doing things differently. Look, and I'm I'm saying this half jokingly, but there's a, a certain level of like, maybe this is for real. When's the first promotion going to start that aligns with a major wrestling website? When's the first promotion going to start that signs and says, "I'm the official that, that Wrestling Inc is my official distributor, and that every show is distributed via Wrestling Inc social media." They and, did have what culture pro wrestling. Yeah, it, but, you know, like, yeah, that kind of that that kind of a deal, but like that's that, that's there, and we're okay. This website and like a wrestling inc that gets phenomenal traffic is going to, you know, publicize our 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 signings and our results and and be our publicity and use their platforms to show our matches. I mean, all that that this that that's going to be that that has to become more commonplace. Yeah. That that's that's there. So so Monday Night Raw is going to be booking the territories. Though you're telling me. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Bleacher Report basically does it with AEW. Yes. You watch AEW via Bleacher. I mean, you know, you and I have a very long standing history with Bleacher Report. Uh, if you would have told me what, 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 eight years ago, nine years ago, when we were doing that, doing the stuff we were, that Bleacher Report is what we're going to stream, the primary competitor that is getting a million viewers a week that's, that's, that, 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 that's rivaling WWE, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would have believed you, but here we are. So it is a really good idea. I mean, I, they do think, I mean, because the audience is there, you're right. I mean, there's a built-in audience there already, so they could really hit the ground running if promoted correctly. Yeah. All right, so that was the night that was AEW Dynamite and all the news and the headlines. Again, go to WrestlingInc.com, check everything else out that you'd like. Uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in this podcast again live on the video or if you're checking out the audio the next day. I prompted the call to action on Monday. I'll do it again now because I got some great responses. Tweet me at Justin Labar. Tweet him at This Is Nasty. How do you consume this podcast? Are you on your way to work? Are you on your way to school? Are, are you putting the kids on the bus? Are you working out and using us as background noise? What are you doing? How do you consume the podcast? Love to hear it. I love to, I love to you know, visualize and, and figure out how are we uh, connecting to you. What are, we, what, what are you doing in your life that you're letting us be part of? It's awesome. We appreciate it. The numbers continue to grow. It's great stuff. Uh, like, share, comment, do all those things. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Alfred, give us some plugs. What's going on with Forbes? At This Is Nasty, and then watch me on Forbes. I have coverage of tonight's show. I've got a great interview with Buddy Matthews, a.k.a. Buddy Murphy, that's up there. Please check that out, and I'll also be covering SmackDown. have some stories uh, coming up with the next couple of days. Sounds good. He's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Justin Lavar. You can check me out again uh, Friday morning. I'm back on Channel 156 on Sirius XM. Busted open with Dave LaGreca and Mark Henrys. We'll be talking all the week's shenanigans. Love it. Uh, we're back Sunday night for Survivor Series. Alfred, are you with me on Survivor Series? I should be. I'll be in the bullpen. I'll be in the emergency. Uh, I've let me know that I'll be available if they need me. So probably, you know, I, I think I'll make myself available for that. Give me Vaughn. <laughs> give, me, give me Alfred. All right. So Sunday night Survivor <laughs> Series. We'll get to it. Uh, whoever's, whoever it is, it'll be entertaining. Hopefully it's Alfred's with me. I'm sure it'll be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you next Wednesday after next week's Dynamite in Chicago.